Welcome to Mind Release, a playground for mental exploration and discovery. With me, your host, Asia Atwood. Hey, welcome back to episode 12 of Mind Release. I wanted to post something different this week, but decided to shift and talk about racial injustice uh, and to share a bit more on my thoughts, my personal experiences, and how I'm kind of responding and uh, I guess processing all of this. So I wanted to share it with you. I also wanted to give you some insight on Black Lives Matter uh, share some information on my personal stories, and really get into why right now, prior to to this you know month, we were looking for people to build with, but right now we switched it up and we're looking for allies, allies to build with. So I want to talk about that too. What do we mean by allies? So uh, stick around and enjoy. Thank you. It's um Wednesday and I um it's been a long <laughs> it's been a long 7 days. About a week about a week ago I um in response to the latest um you know if you don't know if you don't know what's going on by now I don't even know what to tell you. You probably and anyone that's gotten this far to click Onto this podcast has obviously got to know what's going on, so let's just get past that. Um, but it's about a week since I I posted uh, my first um, response after working for the day. I, I I posted on my Facebook and my Instagram account a video about just how I felt as a Black American living in um, in this country and and what I would like to see my allies do my 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 white brothers and sisters um of european descent wh- what we're asking you to do i did a video on that about a week ago i posted it on facebook i posted it on instagram and i got um you know a little bit of response um some some good um response no no real hate um and that's you know honestly that's not even like I have to I have to I have to be thankful that that has not come into my feed much. Um I have to get in onto like YouTube or really go into another direction or do a search or something to see some of the um the people who just don't get it. The people who just don't get why black people are upset. They don't get why black people are protesting. They don't get why their white brothers and sisters understand why black people are protesting. They don't get why we ask that the police not harm us. Like it's, it it just seems from my perspective, so obvious Uh, and it's frustrating. And that frustration has been wearing on me for like, oh boy. We had a project to work on that was due Sunday evening. So um, after my, my, my video on Wednesday, um, I really had to kind of um, play this kind of game of, I don't know, yo-yo, I want to say. Like it was like, go, you know, 
my it was almost like a switch. I just had to go, okay, focus, work, because I got to get this project done. I don't, you know, when you work in your life's mission and you understand that what you're trying to do is part of, of is, is trying to fix this problem, you know, what we're trying to build are new solutions that will, that will enable people to be able to sustain themselves um, and enable people to be able to do things that, you know, and to be part of something that they've never been a part of before. So when you, when you work like that um, every day, things like this just kind of like push you into like super focus mode. And I've been able to do that. You know, I was doing that for those those past few days to get to this, to get this deadline done, to get um, that deadline um, and, and get get all of our, our documentation in. And we did it. And I'm very proud of what we put together and more to come on that. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, um, it wore on me just having to like go through the yo-yo of, I, I see what's going on on social it impacts me immediately. I feel it in the air, but then you have to switch your mind back to work. And it just it's just an exhausting game to play as a Black American right now, especially um, when you work with, um, you know, a diverse team of people that may or may not understand your perspective and you don't really want to get into it or you do. So, like, it's it's just weird. It's weird that that weirdness creates a little bit of a level of like exhaustion. Um, so yeah, as a, as a, as a company, Trello, you know, and as a black woman owner, I don't want to say obviously, cause I don't, I don't know that it's that obvious, but, um, I support black lives. I support that movement, black lives matter. And it just, it's weird to me that people have a problem with, with that, that phrase, because it's not, it really isn't Black Lives Matter only. It isn't Black Lives Matter more. And, and that, that there's like this, and, and some people, when they hear it, they put this additional word at the end. And if I paid attention better in middle school with English, I probably would know the actual term for words like that. But I don't want to, it's not a preposition or an adjective. It's something. It's something. There's an additional type of word that gets added on when you, when people hear Black Lives Matter. It's like they hear the word more or they hear the word, the words more than my life. But that's not, that's not what it's saying. And I think just that, just that one, um, just that one clue, that one thing, that that one word that gets added onto it, that that the issue of the issue of the phrase black lives matter that people have speaks volumes about what's really going on in our world right now with racism. Follow me on this if you if if you if you dare. If you really start reading history and you go back, you find that at some point this all rolls into who has more power than someone else. 
it's a it's a power struggle to an extent. And the power the power struggle really stems from a fear of not having enough, a fear of lack. The issue of fear is really what it, where it stems from. When you think about why there's that power struggle, why is there a need for someone to feel like they have to be in charge? Why is there a need over other people? Why is there a need that, that someone has to feel like they're number one? What's this, what's this need that we have? And I'm not talking about the need to improve, the need to, um, you know, the self-driven need, you know, need that we have to create and to become, you know, better human beings. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm specifically talking about when that means that you have to now be, you, you compare yourself to something outside of yourself. Once you start to compare yourself, when you, when, when you can sit within yourself and really know that you're great, that you, you know, that you, you that you are the, the, the master of, you know, your thoughts and your minds and, and your dreams and that you can create and manifest, you don't, you don't really look outside of yourself and go, now that means I got to, but in order to maintain that, I got to make you be less than me. I have to push you down so that I can maintain my greatness. That's not the way that true greatness really works. And I think what we're seeing right now is that there's a shift people have to understand that we each are sovereign individuals. So to me, when I say that this racism thing is deep, it's deep not just because of the history of it, but it's deep on a spiritual level because where it really comes from is this need um, or this, this, this fear that drives people to feel like if they don't elevate themselves above, they either will be taken advantage of or they won't have enough or they will be um, you know, um, killed or, or injured. All of those fears are what drives people or is what's really driving people to feel like they have to be better than someone else. I mean, if you really look at what people say, you know, uh, neo-Nazis and KKK members, when they're talking, the people that actually verbally like let you know how they feel, listen to them. They feel like they need to control It, that's all it really is. It's that they're, they're very afraid. There's so much fear behind all of this. And I think we have to understand it on not just the level of what's the history and how do we, you know, create a new system? Because really, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't really think that the existing systems that we have right now are what we need. I, I really think that we need new ideas, new systems, look to the past, build something new. Look, that's, that's, that's kind of where, where I'm at. That's, where, that's my belief, that we are going to need new systems because the old ones were built on fear. The one that we're in right now is built on fear. It's built on this weird, strange sickness of thinking that 
if I don't put you down, I will be at, you might, you might, it, it may make me less that I need to put you down for me to feel whole. And that's that work of trying to understand and and how to that work that people need to do to feel whole. That's hard work. That's hard work. And I'm not saying that it can't be done. It can, because honestly, it doesn't. You, there's no like goal of when you get to some point and you're like, oh, I'm completely free of like my ego and my racism and all of that stuff. No, it, there's a it's a process. There's a path. But every step that you take there's a, I'm telling you from experience, y'all, there's a, there's, there's this uncomfortableness that you have to push through. And when you do, you come out the other, the other side feeling so much better. And then you come through, you go to another phase where you learn something again, and you have to push through that phase. And when you push through, you feel that sense of relief. And right now we're in that phase where we're compressed and we're pushing through and we're pushing and I, I really think we can do it, but it's got to, in my opinion, be with a focus on new systems and, and a new understanding. The other thing that I wanted to just touch on real quickly, too, that um, uh, I uh, heard about last night, just last night, that I thought was um, incredibly um, insightful. I was listening to this uh, YouTube uh, woman. Uh, her name is Carolyn Miss. Um, and she's, I just, she just, I I don't know her. I haven't, I, I think I've only been really like watching her videos for the past week or so. She just kind of came in in my feed and I, I was wondering, I was like, what are, you know, what, what's her, what's that demographic thinking? What are other people thinking? What are other people saying? And that's really how I, I roll with YouTube is I just go out into other worlds. And I'm telling you, this is very complicated because if you go outside of your bubble of like thought and you look at it from another perspective, th- this go they there are so many different perspectives about what's going on right now. It's incredible. But really, in my opinion, if you look at them all and you think about them, they all confirm that this is really driven off of fear. So back to what I was saying with, with Carolyn Miss. So I was listening to what she was saying and she made uh, an an insightful, I thought, um, uh, notice she noticed something she was talking about and I, I haven't seen the video of um I I haven't seen the video I think after they killed Philando Castile after yeah after they killed Philando Castile that's when I stopped when they killed him with his baby in the car and his and his girlfriend filming it that's when I said I am done I'm done with this this system because that right there just all right so since then I mean that that gives me chills my body is still shaking off of that so I don't want I don't watch if I see them if I see a still image I try to just go by it quick I just swipe by it quick so I still haven't seen it I've seen this I've seen the stills but only very quickly I don't dwell on it um but but I do know that the officer that killed um, George Floyd uh, murdered him, was kneeling on his neck. We all know that. Most of us know that. Um, and my apologies that I'm not talking about all of the other, but there's honestly, there's so many names that haven't been named in this struggle um, for justice 
we so this particular incident actually i think in my mind speaks to a little bit of that uh theory that some people have that this was done on purpose this was done to initiate disruption um the officer kneeled on his neck and what carolyn miss said that kind of like made me think about this was what is your neck to some people some people think of you know the neck as the area or the location of your your throat chakra your throat chakra and if you're into you know your seven chakras or some people say you have more 9 11 you know but anyway if if you understand that you know that belief system of 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 the chakras and how they and how the energy kind of transfers from one chakra in you all the way up to you know to your mind's eye and and your pineal gland if you if you believe in all of those things and i think there's an element in to truth in a lot of this stuff so i respect and believe it as well because what i will tell you is when i want to say something when there's a when i when i want to say something and i hold my tongue and i don't say it my throat gets so tight it gets so tight my neck gets tight my neck i get neck pains i hold a lot of my stress in my throat and it's usually because i haven't said what i wanted to say so throat chakra represents your voice and it's a powerful powerful chakra i mean all of them are i guess you could say but he from a symbolic perspective was kneeling on our throats well, now, I don't say I changed that word our throats on purpose because what he was doing was it was like they were looking out like, look at what we're doing to you. We don't want to hear your voice. That's enough out of y'all. That's the symbol that I'm getting. So for me, it is important now more than ever for us to use our voice to exercise that throat chakra to to clear it out if it don't if you're feeling like you want to say something now is the time to say it they were kneeling on our throat chakras our voice where our power comes from we have to we have to we have to make a change we have to shift the other story that's been um because there's a lot there's a lot and i'm there's a lot but the other story that i wanted to share um that might give some people some perspective uh boy is about kind of what do we do like how do you focus on trying to correct some of this and who is really willing to change this this issue isn't an older generation issue it really isn't you look at some of the people that are out there doing some of this stuff and we've got a, a, a an uncomfortable in my opinion percentage of young individuals that are participating in some of the anti um black lives matter protests Some of those, you know, individuals that from Charlottesville were like mid-30s, younger, 
you know this this isn't an older generation issue so you know this thing of oh it, it's a thing of the past it's not it's it's a thing that's like i mentioned it's a thing that is part of our belief system that one person has to be better than someone else that i need to be better than someone else in order for me to be in order to exist that's what some people really think. If you really, really sit and think and dwell on it, that's where it comes from. It's the ego. Some people, I can't remember who it is. I think it's Wayne Dyer. Yeah, ego. Edging God out. E-G-O. Edging God out. Acting as if um, you need something outside of you to connect with God. This isn't a, some people, when they think about, you know, Wayne Dyer and some of the like self-improvement, they go, oh, that's the theory of you can do it on your own. You don't need anybody. It's all, you know, self-driven, self-improvement. Trust me, there's an element of people that think that way. Don't get me wrong, that, that it's all about the self. That is not what I'm saying. It is all about the community. It is all about the community because if the community around you can't support you, it's very, very, very difficult for you to get to the level where you're able to actually be the best self you can be. So it's a collective thing. But the change starts with the individual. One individual changes, someone sees it, and then that individual has to see it accept it, let it in, and then change themselves. And that's the reason why we need this on so many levels. That's the reason why we need what's going on on so many levels. We need people to use their voice so that other people can see. We need people to use their voice in different ways because people need to understand. We need people to use their voice several times because repetition is key. We need people to protest because some people don't listen to words. They're visual. I know my role. My role is to use my voice. My role is to use my voice and to build. My role is to use my voice to build. To be more exact. So. Everybody has to do their job. There's so many different ways that we have to attack this. It's a team effort. It's a community thing. But we need people to also do the work themselves from within. Some people will be willing to do it. Some people will not. So what I'm saying to you is, if you're struggling with, where do I start? Who do I focus on? What do I do? If you have young people around you, start there. Because... It does go across multi, multiple generations, but quite frankly, the older generation, some of them, some of y'all, I'm sorry, are, might be a lost cause. I, I hope, I, and I'm not talking to this audience because again, if you got this far with me, I ain't talking about you probably. But <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're spying to listen for shits and giggles. But if you, if you rocked with me this far, I'm probably not talking about you because you're here because you want to learn and you want to understand and I appreciate that. But what I am saying is there's some people out there in this world that won't do the work. They're just not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. 
They don't see the need. And it's all good. We don't need everybody. We don't need everybody. We only need a percentage. It's called the inflection point. We only need a certain percentage of people to start to see it. And then it really starts to take over. So I say focus on the younger people because they are a little bit more open and understanding and not as programmed. They don't, they don't have as long of a duration of programming as some of the, us older people do. I mean, if you think about the programming that we had to sit through as children, jeez. Some of the cartoons, I go back and, and watch some of the old 70s shows and just some of the old depictions and pictures that we had to see, our, how we had to see ourselves. The programming that all of our parents, regardless of color, went through years ago. That's a lot to clean up. That's a lot to unlearn. And some of them, some of, some of us are willing to do it. Some of them are not. It's all good. We don't need them all. But we do need to focus on the younger, younger people. And here's an example, and, and, one of my, and I'll give you a little bit of insight personally on why. One of the first times I experienced racism, because most, and I don't, I don't want to speak for all, I, don't, I never speak for all of anybody, but for me, speaking for myself, I feel like almost the majority of black people in America found out at a very, very, very young age probably between the ages of four to 10, that um, there was something, they were being judged by the color of their skin. It starts at a very, very young age. I was five years old. I can remember it clear as day. I was five years old. And I think we were, I was standing in line to go out at the end of the the day, I believe. And we were putting on our winter coats. And I had a friend in my grade, white girl, Italian, I believe. Um, I went um, to a school in South Philly. It was like a Christian school. It was the, I was in a Montessori before that. And then I wound up getting switched into this Christian school. And boy, did that, ugh. Anyway, um... (laughs) <laughs> that was an adjustment for me. I'll put it that way. Uh, I got into a lot of trouble. But anyway, um, there, was a, there was a girl in my class who, um, and by the way, just to clear it up, I got into a lot of trouble for being a kid, like for swinging on the coat rack um, in the hall. I was supposed to be sitting out in the hallway waiting to be called into the office but the coat rack just looked too um, too fun and very uh, reminiscent of the jungle gyms that I had just been to the day prior. So I figured, well, I'm sitting here, I might as well get my jungle gym on. And I started swinging from the coat rack. But obviously it wasn't secured and that caused an issue. Um, but anyway, so that, that type of stuff. Um, and uh, I, can, I can remember... Um, Sitting, yeah, I, we were going out for recess. We were going out uh, wherever we were, we were doing, putting on our coats. Um, my 
friend, quote unquote, so peer in my another girl in in my class, I'll put it that way, another girl in my class, um, had a younger sister that was just in pre-K. So she's one year younger than us. And we're all putting on our coats and her younger sister comes over to her older sister and says, can you help me put on my coat? But her older sister was in the middle of doing something else or was distracted. So I said, hey, I'll help you. I'll put on your coat. And she said to me, no, don't touch me. I don't want that brown stuff on your skin to get on my coat. And I went, huh? And she said it. I don't want that stuff to get on my coat. And she just kind of like turned away from me and like gave me like a disgusting look. And I just went, I looked at my hands and I went, this shit don't fucking come off. And it, and that, that rocked me. That rocked me. I re- I can remember it. That rocked me. So it happens at a very very young age. And um that's when that's the time when we can maybe try to correct a lot of this into you know start the unlearning because if you wait if you wait too long you got to remove all that programming. And it, the programming is co- is consistent. It's constant. The way that every system that we have set up, every system, our educational system, our financial system, our government, what what systems do we have where there isn't some sort of like hierarchy, where there isn't some some sort of like there's one person at the top and then it all trickles down? I'm telling you, it's community, it's team. It's community. It's team. That's why I loved playing sports. Because that was that was the time where I got to see how we could how people could be great. That's why I love watching sports. Still do. I think that's why a lot of us like watching sports. You see how we do it when we on the field. Some of us, you you know, I mean, obviously we always like to see, here it is, even in our athletics, we still like to do an MVP. There's always an MVP, but really it's a team thing. Yes, there is a person that makes the decisions. There's a person that makes the decisions, but they evaluate and they use everybody for as a resource to come to that decision. Everybody is necessary and and, and plays a key role in order to you know, produce in order to get the plan done in order to execute. That's why I don't get it. So I, I'm so I'm at the thing where I'm like, like I said before, allies. We need our allies and not everybody will be an ally. And again, that is OK. Because we don't need everybody. But that does mean that we can't rely on you, which means we can't really trust you, which means we can't build with you. So I'll I'll be looking for allies to build with from here on out. I'm not putting a color on it. 
I will be looking for allies to build with from here on out. And I think that's fair. All right. Man, love my peace. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Before you go, please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and comment. We appreciate it. That's how we spread the word. And if you'd like to learn more about me and my mission when it comes to climate, cannabis, and the community, please check me out at ajaatwood.com. Be well.